0: This program has been made possible through the support of Vanda, creators of Solutions for Non-24 Disorder. ACB thanks Vanda for their support. Learn more about Non-24 by visiting their website at www.non24.com.
1: You're listening to coverage of the 2021 Convention of the American Council of the Blind.
0: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. What would a BBI program be without a welcome, welcome, welcome? Um, I am so very happy to uh, start this program. BPI is very happy to join the national organization, American Council of the Blind, in their Get Up and Get Moving campaign. When... um, this company's post came across my feed. I immediately thought this would be great for convention. So this is the first of two programs in the Get Up, Get Moving track that BPI is presenting. Um, Adaptive sports, and um, both programs are being put on by Strive for You. Uh, Ricky is uh, going to be giving the continuing education codes for those for both of these programs, um, and I hope everybody that this inspires everybody to get up and get moving.
0: Ricky, take it away. Okay, great. I'm so sorry. That's okay. We were having technical difficulties on this side. Hi, everybody. We're so glad to be here. My name is Ricky, as Anthony said. Um, I am joined by my partner in life, partner in crime, partner in just about everything, including business, my co-executive director and co-founder, Christy. Hi. We are so excited to be with you guys this year of what has already turned out to be uh, one heck of a convention to start with. Um, for that code for CEU credits, it is, Christy? 06477. 06477. Stick around for the ending code later on. As Anthony said, we are with the organization nonprofit called Strive for You. It is a nationwide nonprofit based here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, As I said earlier, founded by myself and Christy back in November of 2019. I'll give you a little brief history about the organization, the programs and services we offer, and then we're going to talk about uh, adaptive sports, recreation, leisure, so that you can get up, get off the couch, get out of the house. Finally, thank goodness, uh, with covid at least lifting um, and uh get active again. So strive for You was really something that Christy and I decided to do based on putting three different organizations that we'd worked uh for in the past under one roof. In t- 2009 we uh, I started with my older brother back up the Tennessee Association of Blind Athletes. So local state chapter Of the United States Association of Blind Athletes, perhaps Mm -hmm. U.S.A.B.A. is uh, the national body uh, for official body for the blind and visually impaired sports, uh, including the Paralympic sports. And so, um, that started up in 2009. Then Christy and I got involved in self-defense for people with disabilities. Uh, We've presented for both organizations at the ACB convention. Um, And then also along the way, we found going through our lives, we've also done self-advocacy, disability awareness, uh, and all kinds of other things kind of within the realm. So we decided let's put everything under one roof and do all these things together uh, so that we didn't have to keep switching back and forth. Plus, we could then run them a little bit to the point of the way we, we seem fit. And so, uh, lo and behold, we get started in 2020, and then COVID hits. Uh, so, all of our programs got pushed back a little bit, and we officially launched um, with doing activities in January of 2021. So, we have three basic programs. I'll tell you about uh, the Arise program. Stick around for the next session at four o'clock to hear about our SEED program, which is our safety education and self-defense. And then Christy's gonna tell you about our third program. The ARISE program is our adaptive sports and recreation program. It provides not only uh, resources, educational opportunities, and actual opportunities for you to participate in sports and recreation, not only here in Nashville in, in the middle Tennessee area, but also around the country. We provide adaptive sports days where we bring all the equipment to you. And we put together usually about three different activities in one day and everybody just gets to try it out, play and have a good time for that entire day. We also have professional development workshops where we teach professionals such as PE teachers, uh, YMCA instructors or anybody that would be in that rec sports kind of realm about how to adapt things for people with disabilities, specifically people with uh, blindness, visually impaired. Uh, we also offer four major events here in Nashville that we host. We just got done with one of them. That was our goal ball tournament. Uh, we do that every July. And then we have our beep kickball tournament, which will be happening. In August, August 28th to be exact. And then in October, sometimes we do at the end of September, is our adaptive sports conference. Again, uh, a full day of different activities that you can come and participate in, try them out, see what they're all about, as well as attending sessions on nutrition, uh, fitness, techno- healthy technology, and other disability related activities then our fourth event is our bowling bonanza usually in april of each year and we are starting to open that up not only to in person in nashville but also virtual participants and uh so that's our arise program in a shell i'm going to let christy talk a little bit about our b-real program and then i'll come back and we'll get started talking more about adaptive sports and recreation
2: yeah, our Be Real program is very much still in development. And the main reason we've kind of decided to put it on the back burner is we really wanted to get a good handle on all the services for Arise and the services for Seed. And trying to spread things out to another program, it just seemed unreasonable. So the idea of the B Real program is... Interaction and communication between really everybody. So you go to the doctor, you go to the hospital, um, and the way that they treat you, whether it's you know because of a disability or whatever it happens to be, it doesn't need to happen that way. Um, so learning to work with those professionals on specifically how to communicate and interact appropriately to um, make things less awkward because going to the doctor can be awkward anyways. Uh, going into any kind of businesses, that's that's just my main pet peeve is the doctor's offices, the hospitals. And then being from uh, a youth, say you're a youth that's been in a school for the blind your whole life, interacting with other people outside of your realm of disability becomes very awkward, can be. And so basically switching uh, hats and working with the youth to communicate and interact with people outside uh, at the doctor so they can express more of what they need and what they are dealing with and things like that are less awkward. And so, like I, like I said, going into other businesses as well so that it's not just client-customer to the business. It can also be employees, employers, uh, the whole realm of People just learning to communicate and interact with each other.
0: Yeah, we feel like it's going to be helpful also for people who maybe have become newly, uh, newly disabled as well. So, um, again, you'll find out more about the SEED program later today. Uh, but with Strive for You, our biggest pr- main principle is something that's very important to Christy and I is the peer-to-peer support for learning um, and support. And that's sort of the approach we take. Uh, We are people with disabilities working with people with disabilities. We are not going to sit here and just say, you know, you should do this. You should do that. We are people who have experienced it, lived through it, um, done different things, no matter what spectrum it's on or program it's on. So that is really a big thing for us. And we really feel like that is the the biggest thing for uh, empowering each other, because That allows us to still uh, gain confidence, gain uh, empowerment through our work while also helping others. The other part to that is we're bringing uh, meaningful employment to people uh, with disabilities. As we all know, it's very difficult to do sometimes, uh, finding gainful employment as a person with a disability. And so um, that's part of indirectly what we're doing uh, through our peer-to-peer Approach. All right. So, adaptive sports, recreation, leisure, all that good stuff. Today, if I say adaptive sports, please know that I mean leisure recreation as well. Some people get intimidated by saying adaptive sports because they think more of competitive side of things, which is you know essentially what that means. But there's also recreation, leisure, uh, type things. You know, you can do leisure activities. Uh, that's just as important, such as reading, working a jigsaw puzzle, a crossword, a word search, uh, writing poetry, um, you know, anything that gives you that moment just to t- take a step back from life and go, this is for me. Uh, recreation is a great, uh, act, you know, acti- has a lot of great activities as well. You know, you can do any kind of activity you want based on not being competitive necessarily, uh, just, you know, having fun. And and that's the purpose for doing it. So that's what we mean when we say recreation. And as you might imagine, uh, Christy and I have, uh, going back to that peer-to-peer, Christy and I are both visually impaired ourselves. We're both guide dog users. Um, I was born with aniridia, stigmatism, nystagma, uh, developed vascular graphing, and glaucoma. Uh, later on in life and now i'm totally blind um christy want to tell about yourself
2: uh i was born with 20 20 vision and uh around the age of 10 it just kind of started going i don't have central vision and limited peripheral and i'm still not really certain they change my diagnosis fairly often so i don't know what it is
0: um <laughs> uh, like i said we're both guide dog users Uh, Both of us have had an interesting last 8 to 9, 10 years of our lives uh, in the adaptive sports realm as athletes. We've been able to participate in things like goalball, tandem cycling, kickball, uh, bowling. Uh, We've got to run the New York Marathon. Uh, I've actually done it twice because I was glutton for punishment. (laughs) We've done numerous uh, half marathons. 5Ks, 10Ks, all that good stuff. Uh, we have done um, other, plenty of other activities that are out there. At least tried them: uh, archery and golf, disc golf. There's just so much out there um, that's really, you know, exciting to know that there are so many things that just with a few little tweaks here and there, that a blind or visually impaired person can participate in. So we have developed through our experience what we call the access to inclusion plan. And it is essentially what uh, we've come up with is six approaches to adapting sports and recreation uh, for a person with a, a visual disability to be able to participate in mainstream activities. There are some activities out there that were specifically designed for the blind and visually impaired, and we'll get to those in just a minute. But through our six approaches, We've um, we feel like we've covered just about every area that you could. So, the first one in our six approaches is contrast. For those of you who who maybe have partial have partial vision, you probably struggle a lot with contrast, whether it be glare from lighting, it be uh, white on white. If you're trying to see maybe a white ball against a white ceiling, or Uh, if you're out putt-putting, maybe you've got one of those dark green or blue balls that are a little harder to see than the bright orange or yellow balls that contrast really good with that green felt. Maybe it's, uh, you know, a basketball goal that nowadays they're making them where they're clear. They have clear backboards. So that really doesn't help when it comes to, uh, contrast and being able to see that rim a little bit better. So that is what we mean when we say contrast. Christy, what's the second one?
2: Audio is the second one. And audio, there's so much to audio. Um, and obviously the audio is, if that works for you know blind or visually impaired, whether you're high partial or no partial. We're totally blind. <laughs> I don't know why not, not no partial is what came to my mind. Um, so it can be a bell. It can be a beep it can be a um buzz buzz. it can be a clap any of those radio yeah Yeah. that's the main and so that would be
0: what covers audio yeah we're going to come back in just a few minutes we're going to show you some different um balls and buzzers and different things that you can get uh for home and um that you can use to do some activities if you wish Uh, tactile is our third approach and that's using things as you might imagine that's that's tactile to do different things such as puff paint or um, those fuzzy um, uh, what are the things called the um, crafter uh, pipe cleaners thank you and those you can put on Board games, for instance, to create boundaries on the board games to tell you which you know box you're in. Um, tactual might be you know our one thing we all love is braille, and so braille is obviously a tactual uh, thing that we can do to adapt things. There are things like tape and string that you can put in a gym floor or on any kind of hard surface to give you a tactual indication of where you are and orientation wise. You might have things like, uh, in blind soccer, they have half walls that come up about mid-thigh that will kind of give you a tactile marker of where you're at as far as the out-of-bounds boundary. If you're shooting archery, you might have a foot plate or you might have a sight, what's called a um, wooden sight, that, where you can put your hand or your arm against you know, help give you some guidance. That's the tactual marker. Um, Puff paint, as I said, raised dots, all those good things are things that we can use tactually. Um, Chrissy, you want to talk about modeling?
2: Modeling is, say you're working with a youth that has never seen someone jump before. Understanding the boundaries and how this works and something as simple as learning to walk. Um, they can't see learning how to walk. So showing them step-by-step, you know, putting one foot out, letting them take their hand down the outside of their body to see, oh, that foot is out further than this one. And we stay on the outside of the body or shooting a basketball, for instance, Mm -hmm. um, holding that hand up and letting them feel the outside of your arm. see how the ball is on the hand, and then letting them extend the arm see how when you extend the arm how that's gonna feel
0: right so as christy was saying you know uh, if, if you've ever war- worked with someone who is blind or visually impaired and they're going down steps or jumping sometimes they don't understand that concept of um of that alternating feet alternating feet yeah. so that that's what christy was meaning when you know talking about walking or jumping so then we have verbal. Now verbal is where someone is telling you three steps to your left, a hundred feet in front of you is the basketball or you know the target. Um, we're getting ready to run uh, up a 30% upgrade slope. Uh, we're getting ready to turn sharp left, etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Just a verbal cue from someone, that is telling you where to go or some some type of direction or information that you might need to know to be able to participate. And then our last one is pairing. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So pairing
2: is really popular in running run walk programs, and that one is uh, you, you can walk with a tether or. Um, You could use the contrast and walk with that. That doesn't work, but they are still paired together. So even if you use the contrast and pair somebody together, they're still together. They're running together. They're walking together. Um, You can use it in swimming where they are paired together, um, small kids on playgrounds. We could use that as well where just a visually impaired student could be paired with one of their sighted peers to just play. They don't even have to know that they're being paired together.
0: So. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a peer to peer pairing um, people together. Sometimes it relieves the awkwardness a little bit. All right. So that's the six approaches to our access to inclusion plan. And as I said, we are going to go back to audio and tactual uh, and try to show you a few options that are out there that you can purchase. Some cost more, some uh, than others and then there are some things that there are life hacks or workarounds for cheaper things so we're going to reach over here into our box of goodies and start showing you a few things try to describe them to you a little bit so we have a volleyball? yeah we have a volleyball here that has a bell uh fairly loud uh, i'm hoping you're being able to be able to hear it well soft as far as the texture like a regular volleyball would be, but uh, it has these loud bells inside of it. I think it's supposed to have contrast, if I remember. Correctly. Yes, this one has uh this one has it's a white ball, but then no, it has
2: yellow, I believe. I I'm think. sorry,
0: yeah, yellow, that's right. And I don't know if that's blue or purple. Yeah.
2: But there is a contrast thing going on. And I think most of them do. What do you want
0: to do? Whatever you grab out, we'll go with next. Um, that
2: one's not
0: good. That's fine. Mm-hmm. For so we have a basketball here. Uh, this basketball, this particular one has rattles inside of it. We haven't fully inflated some of these, so um, the sound might be a little distorted. But here's what the, uh, this has like um, beans inside of it to make the rattle. So that's what that sounds like. It's a basketball. They also have basketballs that have bells inside of them um, that are much louder. So depending on your need. All right, we have a soccer ball. There's uh, plenty of different soccer balls out there. This one has a bell inside of it as well. I'm sure hoping this is coming through pretty good. Um, we, there are soccer balls with rattles inside of them. And then there's a soccer ball like this one, which is made out of foam. Um, it's a little smaller. It's like a junior size. That's definitely my favorite. Yeah. Uh, and inside, it has a toggle switch. And when I toggle it on, like so, it has a beat to it.
2: Which means it's less likely you won't lose it once it stops moving, whereas the others, the rattles and the bells, it's going to stop eventually, and it's going to stop making noise. That one will
0: not stop making noise unless the battery does. And we've noticed that some of them will stop uh, stop making noise while they're in the air until they make contact again if you've kicked it into the air. So there's that. Uh, There's also in the same uh, vein, so to speak, um, a foam football that you can purchase. It, again, has a toggle switch inside made out of foam and beeps. I love this one. I play outside with my kids with this one all the time. As a blind father, I have uh, both a visually impaired son and two-sided children, son and a daughter. And we play football all the time in the backyard using that ball. All right, so then these are, uh, this ball that I have here, uh, you can get this from APH. This is a uh, boingy, what's called the boingy ball. It has two levels of uh, volume. Uh, what I call the inside voice and outside voice. Um, it is a hard foam ball. You're not going to want to kick this ball. However. Uh, if you have a toddler who's either visually impaired or the parents visually impaired, this is an excellent uh, item to play ball, rolling back and forth, maybe bouncing it back and forth with each other. doesn't bounce all that great, but it's a great option. Um, you can purchase these from APH and they have a, a charger that will plug directly into the ball to let you recharge it. Some of these others, like the beeping ball, ball, uh, balls, the soccer ball, the football that are foam, those have a battery, usually like a triple A or a double A. Um, so you have to replace those from time to time. But this is a rechargeable one. So I'm going to hold this away from the microphone, hopefully. Uh, but this is just a regular old buzz box. Um, I will save everybody the sound of holding it down, uh, because if you hold it down, it. It's just a very loud, uh, obnoxious buzz. That is an op, uh, a great example of way you can mark a target, such as um, if you were playing where uh, maybe freeze tag and someone had this box, they could kind of make it sound from time to time so that someone could find you. We also have, we have a retro ball Again, from APH, it's just like the bongie ball, except for it makes a different sound. And let me find the hole. You stick your whole uh, finger in the hole here and flick the toggle. That was my favorite. Inside, outside voice there. Yeah. Now, let's say, for instance, that you're playing basketball. Can I have the um, sound box, please? Uh, for it. So you can purchase what's called a sports sound box. Yes. And I'll hold it up here for those of you that might be able to see it. Uh, again, this is another purchase from uh, I believe APH, but I think you can find them at MaxiAid or Independent Living Aids as well. But this is a uh, sound source that we that has an um, an adjustable rope. You could tie this to a basketball goal, a soccer goal. You could tie this around, or uh, maybe it ties. Might you not strap, able, it around. strap it around. Thank you. Somebody's waist and it has an on off switch at the top. Okay, so then it also has a round on off button that we will push.
1: All tactile.
0: It has braille and it's tactile. We have a rate up and down. You can slow down the rate. I can raise the volume. or actually this is the um, pitch. pitch, I'm sorry. So I can make a real high pitch, low pitch, and then I'll turn it up for those of you who would like to hear the volume. Once I get the right button working here, there we go. Oh, there I did, I went down instead of. You
2: gotta hold, the way you're holding that. <laughs>
0: So we can turn it up. We can turn it down. And um, the beautiful thing about this system it, or this particular device, I'm going to turn it off. It is a hard plastic, so it can get hit, bumped, dropped maybe. I don't know that I'd want to drop it or take that chance, but you you can be a little rough with this. And also the beautiful thing about this is it has a remote, about the size of a a key, a key remote, maybe for your alarm system. Um, some of those, you know, square boxes like are on key, car keys, that sort of thing.
2: Not like a luggage.
0: Or a luggage finder. Yeah. So yeah. those are, the, you can control with all the same uh, controls, the rate, tone, volume, all that good stuff. The advantage of having something like this is if you, let's say we're playing soccer. And your team, it was your turn to go towards the goal. This could be strapped inside the goal, and you could use the remote to activate or have someone sided activate when your team is going towards the goal, and then uh, you'll know where that goal is and have some orientation and direction where to shoot basketball. Another good example. So these are these are great items. Um, I will say, this is about a hundred and. uh, But a good product that we found, it's very useful and has a lot of different uses. We have what I call as a sound stick, which is a, it's a long rectangular handheld square. It's about three inches tall, uh, maybe a half inch to an inch wide. It's just a very simple thing. It has a toggle switch at the top. Takes a double A AA battery, and that can help you in many ways. I have personally used this to put inside the cup of a golf uh, putt putt golf to help me identify where the hole is on the golf course. Cornhole. Uh, hole. We have put it under cones for ring toss. So there's a lot of good uses for that. We also have here. A much cheaper life hack, if you will. It is a what is those tiles like you put on your maybe the back of your remote with double sided tape? You put on your keys to help you find things within the house. This is an excellent thing to use also as a cheap audio source to help you find things as you are playing different activities, depending on what you're using it for. Try to get it to go off here if it will. A, there we go. So it makes a little noise. And um, you can use, some of them use, uh, they're like luggage finders or what we call tiles. And uh, some use an app. And some use a remote. So you got different options there. And I want you to keep in mind that some of these things are, will work for some people. Some won't because they don't make enough sound, maybe if someone is hard of hearing, some activities. The sound that that is produced by some of these things, depending on the setting, could be too faint or could be a very loud echo. So you have to be careful with that and play around and figure out what you need. Actually, um, you can buy what's called vinyl gymnasium tape. You can put the vinyl uh, gymnasium tape, which is perfect to take with you. Let's say you go to the YMCA and you want to shoot basketball, but you want to mark the foul line so you have something to orientate you to the goal. Well, if you go in there and you take this tape or you take any kind of tape and put it on the floor, you're going to have the manager of the YMCA running and screaming at you um, out of fear that you're going to tear up their floor. Duct tape will do that it will pull up the finish on the floor masking tape could do that or at least leave a sticky residue and masking tape can do that i mean um clear um, scotch tape can do the same
2: so they also label it as um dance tape now and social distancing tape those are all the vinyl tapes they're also called that
0: yeah and so what they are is they're the same tape that you would put on the floor of a basketball court before you put the seal down. Um, But if you put it on the court with say string underneath it, string, twine, maybe yarn, whatever you can use with your feet to feel or your hands, this uh, tactic is used a lot in tennis, in goal ball and other activities. Like I said, basketball, for instance, to mark lines or borders. So, those are, uh, you know, it's a way you can do that. You could use one string, uh, one piece of string. You could use uh, two or three pieces of string spaced out to give you a different marking so that you all have different tactual marks on what those different, um, you know, for different lines. For instance, in tennis, the, the outside perimeter is marked with three pieces of tape. I mean, excuse me, p- three pieces of string or twine with tape underneath it. Over
2: top of it.
0: Or, uh, over top of it, yes, sorry. The inside lines are marked with just a single piece of string cord with tape over top of it. And that's how the tennis players will find their markings uh, differently. So that's a good example. The other thing about the tape, you can use it for contrast because they make all kinds of different cool colors. There's white, there's black, there's blue, there's neon yellow, neon pink, blue, purple. Uh, You really could get uh, crazy with some of these colors. Eventually they'll have the duct tape colors. I'm sure they will. Yeah. (laughs) Camouflage and different things. Right now that's what they have. And, you could take the string and put it on a white ball, like a volleyball or soccer ball, to add some extra ba- uh, pop to that color of that ball so that it's easier for you to see. Um, you might be able to put some extra tape on a backboard, um, all those different things to help you see uh, whatever it is, the target or the thing that you're aiming for a, a little better. So, those are, that's a good way for contrast. So, we've talked a lot here about different. Uh, things in, that you can use, you can find most of everything we talked about, especially the balls and the sound sources, through APh, the American Printing House for the Blind, uh, blinds, the bl- uh, Blind Superstore, Maxi Aids, Independent Living Aids. All these things can be found there. Now, some of the balls are going to like the soccer balls, the um, basketball. Football, they're going to be between 20 and $30 generally. Um, and so those are all places that you can get some of that stuff from. Now, things like sound sources for like the beeper boxes that we showed or the buzzer boxes that we showed. And a good old-fashioned AM FM radio that has an external uh, speaker, just as good to use. You can use that um, to help mark whatever you're trying to do. We always recommend with yoga instructors standing in front of a class uh, to use both the tactual tape and string on the floor to give orientation, but also to help uh, with figuring out where the front of the room is. Most of them will play some some type of music. So if they have that uh, radio playing behind them, it's a, a great indication to where the front of the room is. Sometimes
2: And sometimes just as simple as your phone because you already have it on you
0: to use it as an audio source. Absolutely. You can even use the Find My Phone uh, feature to make an audio uh, signal so that you can figure out where something you're trying to, you know, aim for. Maybe, you know, you're in a gymnasium and you're doing uh, floor hockey or street hockey. Um,
2: There's that lovely uh, Ping My Phone from the Watch app where you can put your phone across the room and ping it so that and then you know where that where that spot is again.
0: Use the resources you already <laughs> have, for real. Um, of course, I'm not <laughs> in any way saying put your iPhone in the floor where you're oh, no, no, hitting no. it with, uh, with a Frisbee or a, a hockey stick or something like that. But if you protect it, put it in the right place, you can still use that as, an, as a source for sound to mark a target. As Christy mentioned earlier, earlier in swimming, there are things like tethers or run uh, a run walk program. Uh, a tether is you, there's fancier versions of this, but it's a generally an just an old fashioned shoestring with a loop tied at one end or at both ends actually. And what happens is for running with that shoestring with a loop, um, the sighted guide would be have their fingers. In one uh, loop, let's say that they're on my left side and I'm running on the right, they would have the loops around their right hand. And then I would put the loop around my left hand. And that allows me to independently run or walk, being able to have the range of motion with my arms. Also, to create enough distance between me and my guide to where I can safely, you know, not be on top of them with footwork and all that good stuff, tripping and all that. And so that is a way that you can uh, run or walk with a tether using our pairing approach. You can also use something similar to this concept in swimming, especially if you're doing like a triathlon where you have to swim in a big uh, pond or, or stream, something like that, lake. Uh, where you have a piece of rope gently looped around your waist and around your sighted guide, swimmer, uh, human guide, whatever phrase you want to use. And then that way it keeps you together, but you still have that range of motion to swim uh, and be just as active as you want to be. I've even seen some uh, runners... Use the tether that I spoke of earlier to help them on the treadmill when they're running um, with keeping themselves in place so they don't get too far forward on the treadmill or too far back.
2: So- and then there's others that would just lightly put their fingertips on the arm wrist to the right or to the left of them. That's correct. Whichever way they happen to veer, because you know which way you veer if you've ran for a while then you can just kind of hold your hand out there, not to where you're holding on to it, because that defeats the purpose of it. That's more or less you're dragging yourself along, which obviously isn't the goal of running. So just having your fingers gently touching it so that you don't lose your place.
0: Right. Um, When we think about more of a recreation or leisure activity, board games are something that obviously, you can go out, and you may not know this, but you can go out and you can purchase. Let's just, let's go old fashioned, a classic Monopoly game. You can go and you can purchase a Monopoly game that is fully braille, braille,ed large print, all of the above, for about 70 um, dollars, upwards last to hundred. Yeah, last check, upwards to hundred dollars, just barely under it, I would think. Or if you're very ambitious and have maybe some sided help to originally set it up, you could take some of those pipe cleaners that we were talking about earlier, puff paint, and mark the perimeters of each of the squares. You could use your old braille labeling uh, tape to braille the where maybe some initials of the place that you've landed on. You could also use, I don't know how many of you are familiar with this, but there are two uh, labeling systems. One is the pin friend where you have a sticker. You're, you use the pin friend device to record, uh, to scan the, the sticker. And then you record whatever you want, however you want to label that sticker with and ultimately the item that that sticker is on. Um, And you could, you know, do this for your mortgage cards, your the spot that you've landed on, and then you can use your pen friend to uh, check where you're at on the board. Um, You could also use way around tags. They have the stickers as well. That just uses your iPhone app and those stickers a little less costly than the pen friend. Um, but that's a you know a little bit of a trick there. Uh, there are just so many ways to figure out whatever it is you want to do. There are several activities out there for the blind and visually impaired uh, specifically. Some of those activities might include uh, beep kickball, where you have a foam ball with a beeper inside it, much like um, that beeping stick or other things that will beep. And then you have two bases, first and third. Both are foam, and they have a buzzer inside of them that will be a solid buzz. And the option object of the game, just uh, like regular kickball, you kick the ball into the outfield. Uh, the ball is not rolled to you. It's given to you by the umpire. You kick it into the outfield, and then the umpire will either signal for the left uh, base, third base, or the right base, first base, you don't have a second base, um, and you will run to the base that's buzzing.
2: I have had people that like to try the challenge of the ball being rolled to them. Um, Every now and then, somebody will kick it, but they still enjoy trying it.
0: Right, That's uh, what we'd call advanced uh, kickball, (laughs) for sure, or ultimate kickball. Um, If you get to the base that's buzzing before the outfield finds the ball, and holds it above their head and says "ball." Then you get a point for your team. If they find that ball first, though, you are out. Three outs changes the innings. Each game lasts for about six innings. Um, again, everything's foam, so I mean you you can literally tackle the bases. Uh, it's not a it, it doesn't hurt. Um, so it, it's a fun activity to do. The ball is made out of foam, so if it hits you when you're in the outfield, it's not going to hurt you. Um, and you do not have to run between first and third. As soon as you get to the base and you're considered to be either out or safe, then you can come back home. Now, this sport is played with everybody, no matter site level, blindfolded. So everybody's on an evil, uh, even playing field. The uh, referees are there to watch and make sure the ball is kicked past the bases so that a outfielder does not run into the infield. Uh, and get in the way of a, a base runner uh, as they are looking for the ball. So safety is of utmost um, concern. You have a sighted coach that's out in the outfield with you that can tell you, uh, Jason, go for the ball. Pete, it's your turn. So that they know that the ball is closer to them and it's their turn to try to get it so that we don't have two people trying to go, colliding and hitting heads. There are home runs. Um that you can hit, which is way past the uh, outfield, outfielders, unless they're spread out pretty far. It's about 180 feet out. Yeah. So um, you can automatically kick a home run if you're able to get it that far. Now, this is a little bit. Di- no, well, actually, it's not any different than b- baseball, other than you have a hard softball that beeps. It's a very hard like a regular softball, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. has a speaker inside of it. It has a pin that, as long as the pin's in, the ball's quiet. You take the pin out when you're getting ready to pitch. Um, you want to show that while you're talking about it? The baseball? <laughs> sure, we can show that if you want to pull it out. And you use the same bases. They're made out of foam. Uh, you're going to hit it with a bat. It is going to be pitched to you by your coach. So I have one of the balls here. Uh, it has this pin inside of it. You pull it out, it starts peeping. As soon as I put the pin back in, it stops.
2: And that one comes with a charger as well. It comes with a charger as well. Or I think you may have to buy it separately,
0: but it does, it is charged. Chargeable. Not uh, rechargeable. Yeah, not batteries. Not batteries. So, um, again, uh, you hit You know, your pitcher, your coach will pitch it to you, usually underhand until you hit. And that's when you swing, you hit the ball. Um, and um, everything else is just as I described for kickball. Uh, I mentioned archery earlier. There are adaptations to archery for the blind. Again, you could, if you're doing it recreational, put a target, uh, I mean a a beeping box behind the target. You could use that foot plate or the guide, um, Tripod. tripod guide, that is made out of, both are made out of wood. Um, the foot plate is just essentially a, a one by three uh, piece of board that's down on the ground that gives you a tactual marking of how to line your feet up to uh, point towards the target. Then you have you, you have your, um, the tripod stand stands about, what would you say, six feet tall? Five? I okay. do Five five and a half feet you're tall. Five foot, I think that's what it was. And it has a, a little bit of a lip that hangs off to it where has a
2: plate that you just can line. It's flat that you put your hand
0: against. Yeah, you just adjust your hand. You put it right there against it, and then you can shoot just regular um, archery. Now, in competition, you're not allowed to use the audio box at the target. You have to do it by muscle memory or your coach can be there beside you and adjust your- give you a verbal uh, a verbal cue, or can adjust your sight, which is that guide that we're talking about. Bowling uses a bowling rail that extends from the gutter back to the landing uh, approach area. They have them; they're six to nine foot. Six to nine feet. It's made out of a, about a half inch thick uh, metal. A rod usually, and you assen- essentially, if you're a right-hand bowler, bowler, you hold the ball in your right hand, you take your left hand, put it on the guide rail, and you use it to uh, barely kind of just um, graze across the top of the rail as you are making your approach to the alley. What I do is I go to the end of the bowling rail and then I take my three-step drop back to get set and I'll put my hand there lightly and make my approach just like normal bowling. Um, you have in this time, you won't use the gutter guards because, uh, you know, to some degree, you know, using the gutter guards are fun, but if you you know want to challenge yourself a little bit more, if you want to be participating in more bowling-like or competition-like, then having those gutter guards out will uh, give you that better uh, chance of making it more, you know, like normal bowling.
2: Not to say that if you're a recreational bowler,
0: mm, go go for it. Yeah, as long, those as long as you're out, you're doing it, just do it. Um, the tricky triangle? Yes, yeah, so I was going to mention there, you, you want to talk about it? Sure. Go ahead.
2: So uh, here in, I guess, in the South, there's a restaurant that's called Cracker Barrel, and then Amazon also sells it. It's a wooden triangle that has holes in it that come with little pegs. And these pegs, they're basically, there's 10 of them, just like Mm -hmm. when you're bowling. And so if you have your coach there and you've learned the the layout of the pins, they can pull out whatever pins you've hit. And then you have a tactile version of what's left at the end of your lane. And this also helps when you are learning for the competitions, the numbering of the way the pins are laid out, you can do one, three, five, and then you would then know what that meant when your coach tells you in the actual competition, this is where your pins are. Or even if it's not, sometimes it's not your coach. If you get put it on another team and they're at the end of the, that sighted person is telling you what pins you have, you understand what they're saying to you. Type yeah. of thing. Yeah.
0: So, uh, we're slowly wrapping things up here, um, giving you guys plenty of time to ask us questions. Maybe there's an activity out there you like or you're thinking about. You'd like to maybe get some ideas on what adaptations you can do. Whether it be expensive or cheaper ways. Yeah, cheaper ways to do it. Um, so, but I wanted to talk a little bit about there are, there are things like the um, tandem cycling, where it's a bicycle with, with two seats, thus the name tandem. And the captain or the, uh, the person in the front is sighted and they have control of gears and of uh, brakes and general steering. The stoker or the person in the back, their handlebars, they have handlebars right behind the seat of the captain and you just essentially are holding on and doing the pedaling uh the stoker usually is the one that provides most of the power for the bike uh, but it's a team effort you have to be in sync with each other um, and that sort of thing balance is a big issue there uh, but they, they, over practice there's times that you can can gain that that balance i'm sorry sorry uh,
2: I, I was just going to say that they do have the more recreational where it's side by side which also works well for someone who might be hard of hearing where they can't communicate with their, um, captain if they're behind them. And yep. so there's that option
0: as well. And those are called uh beach. Yes. Tandems. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't think they go as
0: fast. They don't, and they don't have as many gears usually, mm-hmm. but, um, but that is an option. I mean, we're talking, there's, I could talk for hours and hours and hours on different activities and sports. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff out there. There is, um, things like alpine skiing, there is snowboarding, there is horseback riding, there is mountain climbing there. I mean, there's just anything that your heart desires to do is out there. One of the things that we get a lot about is doing yoga and stretching and fitness. We have a young lady uh, named Allie. Uh, She runs, she is visually impaired as well. And she does virtual yoga classes that are audio described where you can participate in her classes. Uh, She takes donations only. And um, so that would be a great way for you to do yoga because she does several different things. Some classes are moderate classes that are kind of simple and slow and Maybe she'll do a little bit more explaining of the actual pose or the actual stretch, kind of give you a a more of a deeper definition of it. Some of her classes are more intense, uh, deeper, and more uh, physical. And then if you want one-on-one sessions with her, she is absolutely willing to do that as well. Uh, In the future, very near future, Christy and I are going to go back to doing something we used to do which is an exercise, a fitness class that is uh, using stretch bands and your own body movement just to limber up, stretch uh, in the morning, in the evening, or to do resistance workouts. So that's also something that you'll be able to connect with us to do. Before I forget, let me make sure to say this. Uh, we have a website, strive4u.org, S-T-R-I-V-E. The number four, you.org. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And um, so you can join us on any of those platforms. If you'd like to connect with Christy or I, you can uh, send us an email with either Ricky or Christy, whichever one you want to talk to, at striveforyou.org. And we'll be happy... To answer any questions, one of the services we provide is one-on-one consulting, so we can help you to figure out how to adapt things. If you want to, you know, come up with some type of um, activity you want to do, or if you want to contact us, maybe come out for your state or local affiliate and do an adaptive sports day at a convention or just for a weekend. We're happy to do that as well. That is the way to get in touch with us. Uh, Our phone number is one That is how you can get a hold of us. So what we'd like to do for the remainder of our time is really just give you an opportunity. We realize we have put a lot of information out there. What we want you to take away, as I said before, is if there's anything you want to do to get off the couch, to get out, to get socializing, um, we want you to do that. And we want to help in any way we can. What we have found, not only by people that we've worked with, but our own stories, is a body in motion stays in motion. Healthy body equals healthy mind. If you are active, you are more likely to stay active and get active in your community. To get out and perhaps go back to school, go into the workforce, all those things, building your confidence, uh, making you feel empowered and being more healthy to do it. I don't know if you know this, but the blind and visually impaired community has one of the highest obesity rates out of every minority group in the country, the highest. Um, And we have all kinds of barriers. We all know about them. Transportation, income. It's not easy to go out and um, go to the gym when you can't afford to get a gym membership. It's not uh, even if you have the transportation or the income to do it. Maybe the people at the facility don't know how to adapt things for you, and you're not sure how to do it. That's where Strive for You comes in, and our adaptive sports consultants come in. Just know that whatever you want to do in life, you can do. And we'd like to take your questions, comments, for the next 15 minutes or so.
1: I this is Randy from Wisconsin. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for all the tips and the audio things. What do you like, what do you find most helpful for somebody that has
0: so there are a lot of activities that are out there specifically for people with those type of disabilities. One of the f- most exciting games that we have just got um, introduced to and, and are very excited about is bachia and bachia uses uh, it's sort of like playing marbles or jacks, uh, maybe a lawn dart. You could compare those those games together you take balls that are different weights different sizes different textures and you have a jack ball you throw it out uh and then you take the your team will take the ball um the colored ball that's for your team you will throw it out and try to get it as close to the jack as you possibly can for people with cerebral palsies this this is a thing where they use a ramp system if they need to if they need to or they can just drop the ball themselves. Um, but the ramp system will al- allow them to play the game where it will help to roll the ball out. So there is, you know, that's one example. Uh, they're coming up with a blind and visually impaired version um, or, or division, I should say. Uh, not, it's not in competition right now, but blind and vision impaired can play the same way Um, adding some type of sound source to let you know where the jack is. The object is to try to get that your team's ball as close to the jack as possible. And then once you get that objective, you want to keep the other team from knocking your ball out of the way and getting closer or um, uh, moving the jack and and getting closer. So that's one uh, example using a ramp type thing uh, in bowling. They have uh, ramps if you need those to help you with bowling, you can help have someone help you line it up, put, help you with the, putting your ball on there and then you just gently push and it will gravity will take over. Um, so these are so there's there's several tricks like that using ramps and other things to help you with different activities. So it really depends on some of the activities you're doing.
3: Um, I'm very, very interested in tennis and uh, i'm i read once not so terribly long ago of a program that was geared for kids apparently using a bell ball and allowing uh the ball to bounce twice on the on the court or something but i've heard nothing about it since and i'm an avid tennis fan do you know anything about adaptive tennis
0: yeah, there is. Um, so it's actually started by a young lady over in was it China or Japan. I can't, remember. I can't remember. It remember. But um, and then it was brought here to the United States. There are some programs that are going actively around. Michigan is one that comes to mind in, I want to say, the University of Michigan to be to be for sure. If you will reach out to one of us, Christy and I will research and find for you where there are some activities going on. However, you are correct. The ball will bounce twice uh, on your side before you have to return it. It does have uh, bells or ball bearings inside. Uh, some of them, depending on their design, are louder than others. Are louder than others. Um, what we have put together with our access to inclusion plan is When we go to taking a sport or an activity, we take and come up with what we call the the, uh, primary, secondary objectives and then the rules. And think of it as an upside down triangle, for instance, uh, or pyramid, where the bigger section is on the top and the teeny tiny section is on the bottom. The primary objective is in the top, the secondary is in the middle. And the rules are in the bottom. Now, you might be asking, where are you going with this? The double bounce, that's a rule change. Normal, obviously, tennis is one bounce. In the uh, adaptation to it, changing the rule to be in two bounces is in the rule section. The reason the rule section is so small, you want to make sure not to change the, the rules so much to where it makes the activity no longer the aptitude. Yeah, really no longer the sport it was intended or the uh, benefits that you can gain from it.
2: But absolutely with t- tennis that's needed. You have to be able to bounce it twice. There's yeah. just no way around Yeah.
0: It. It's a, it's very hard you might imagine to to put that little uh, ball with the racket. But is there there's also table tennis, I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Um, where the objective of that is to go underneath the net. You have raised edges around the perimeter of the table. If you will contact us, we will try to help you see if there's something in your area uh, or where we can get you more information. And our adaptive sports conference, we are still trying to schedule that, but we are hoping that we will have someone uh, from an active blind tennis program come down and join us. So that might be an opportunity for you to try it out.
3: Good afternoon. I um, am so thrilled to hear this session. Um, You and Christy. I've done a wonderful job. I'm a sports enthusiast. Once upon a time, I played beat baseball and I got injured. And so I lost my nerve, but still love the game. Don't play anymore. But all that to say, I, I love hearing this. This is just um, very encouraging, especially coming out of the um, pandemic and you know getting active again. My particular interest, though, is golf. I am from Northern California, Sacramento to be specific. We have a an opportunity here, or we did prior to the pandemic, but the it's limited. You know, you play six weeks in the spring, six weeks in the fall. And so I'm wondering if if either of you can speak to how I might approach um, a, a course a pro to get lessons. Um, you know, I understand what you're saying about your plan. Um, and maybe this is something I should contact you for with you know to get more detail but i what my thought is is to go to a course and take a class along with others you know fully sighted participants um but i understand maybe i have to do some so if you guys could just speak to how i would approach that um and uh and again thank you so much
2: have you played golf before if you have then you know what you need and so, then just taking that to the course that you're wanting to go to and saying, Look, I know this might be scary, but here's what I need. Can you assist? And if they can't, you know, reach out to us and we can help you advocate that way too.
0: Yeah. I mean, most of it with golf is, I mean, sight or no sight, it's all muscle memory, f- form, uh, that sort of thing. And so, you know, teeing off is probably the biggest area you want to practice the most having a caddy that can verbally describe to you the course the direction the distance if you have the absolute opportunity or can continue to go to the same course where you then can start memorizing the course itself or walk the cor- the the greenway before you yeah. tee off those are all great things you can also buy a, uh, a practice tee-off net that um, it's sort of like um, with the baseball nets where you toss the ball to it, it bounces up and you try to catch it. Um, this uh, sort of acts the opposite. It tilts downward to where you can practice your teeing off. It'll smack into the net and just drop to the ground. Uh, but these are all things that you, know, you can do. We're, as Christy said, we're happy to help you. to to bridge that gap for you if you need it. You sound like you're someone who, you know, obviously would have no problem advocating for themselves, uh, but having that good caddy that's understanding, willing to talk to you, maybe a um, footboard to help you with lining up. There might be another adaptation there, but uh, most of it's just going to be muscle memory and just keep practicing.
1: Okay. Um, Yes. What is your contact information first? Um, uh, I got... Ricky, at uh, strive for, strive for, do, strive for something.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's Ricky at Strive S T R I V as in Victor, E, the number four, and then Y O U dot org, or Christy at You dot org. We'll get a hold of Christy and, as well. And Christy is
1: spelled C
0: H. Your,
1: your first name is Ricky, and as it's spelled. R I C H uh, I E
0: R I C K Y
1: R I C K Y okay very good and your phone number is 866 407 what's the last four digits
0: 8748
1: 8748 okay and uh, you charge for coming out to like the north dakota would you charge for making a visit to our, our state
0: We do charge, but um, we also can help with, you know, if you have needs of, you know, maybe we can find grants to help us get out there or uh, those sort of things. If you give us a call, we can talk to you more about it, get some details, give you a quote, and then see what we can do to help you get out there.
1: Okay, very good. And you have a recommendation for a tandem bike. I'm quite interested in tandem biking, but...
0: And there is a lot of good bikes out there. There's um, Swin is a really great one. Okay. Um, okay. I will tell you this, and, and this is just experience speaking. The ones that you can get at Walmart, they are cheap. And that's what you're going to get. Um, I've seen several bikes that people bought from Walmart that held up pretty nicely Uh, but then I've also seen others where they hit a curb and the whole front wheel just bent. So, um, think about that a good bike should run you 12 to 1500 or higher. Okay. If you want a good quality bike.
1: Very good. Okay. And, uh, and as far as in-home exercise equipment, uh, I'm I'm kind of interested in a uh, uh, elliptical. Are they? Is that a pretty good choice, sir?
2: If you have someone that could come in and like Braille, put a Braille label over it, or help help explain it to you, then I think it would be. It depends on your fitness level and you know what you are
0: capable of getting into. Yeah, I mean elliptical. One of the beautiful things about it. Some of, some of them don't even require you to be able to, you know, use any, uh, you know, to tighten the, t- the tension on the elliptical. You just tighten a knob. So that's probably a good choice as far as not having to deal with a lot of buttons. Okay. Um, but again, like Christy said, make sure that you, you know, maybe even speak to your doctor to make sure that uh, that's a lot of cardio, a lot of body movement. So just make sure that that is something you can do. All right. Okay, good. Okay, thank you. Thank you.
1: Okay, so I do know that it is 347. Um okay. so unfortunately
2: we are not able to take any more questions. And I do know that Anthony left.
1: Do do you guys have the, the closing codes or do you need those? We
0: we sure do. Christy, okay. do you give that code? It is six eight four zero four. Six
2: eight four zero four.